Michelle and I are uh, so blessed to be the campus ministers for the Champagne Church. Uh, we've got an awesome group, uh, a group that I'm so proud of. And uh, right now, we're going to be able to hear from some of our graduating seniors. Uh, we're going to call this segment, it's not really a sermon, but they're going to share uh, stories of discipleship, moments in their life where discipleship has made the difference. Uh, for the last month, or maybe more, we've been talking weekly about the power of discipleship, how we need it in our lives to live out this commitment to follow Jesus and to not turn back. And so we're going to be able to hear from uh, a number of them as they share some of these stories of discipleship. So without any further ado, I'm going to pass it off to Denijah. She's going to start us off. Uh, here we go, this is Denijah Davis. Like Josh said, my name is Denijah. Um, I am not a graduating senior. <laughs> um, I graduated from the U of I with my master's last May um, and stuck around to help serve and support the campus ministry. Um, but coming up here soon, I will be transitioning into the young professionals ministry. Um, so I'm really excited to share about discipleship today and what it's meant for me in my time here. Um, like I said, I'm getting ready to transition, and fun fact about me, I hate transitions a lot. Um, to me, transitions were always synonymous with losing friends and abandonment and struggling spiritually, just not very, like, positive things. So moving here um, back in 2017 was one of the biggest and hardest transitions I've ever made. Um, I was moving to a brand new ministry, and I had no idea if I'd even make friends, so check on that box. Um, I had just gotten out of a very toxic and unhealthy relationship and felt very abandoned by that person, so check on that box. Um, and I was struggling spiritually, honestly, so check on all of those boxes. Um, so I struggled a lot when I first moved here. I bottled everything up. Um, I didn't want discipling or discipleship to be a part of my life because that fear of change and abandonment was something that stopped me from letting people into my life. Um, I didn't want to get close to people because there's always going to be another transition and people are like come and go. That was like my mindset. Um, but I was a mess. And so I finally got to a point where I was like, all right, God, uh, we got we to gotta do something. We got to work this out. And so the first step that I took to start to save my relationship with God was to let people in. Um, I felt like I needed women in my life that were more mature and in a different life phase to me to kind of serve as like a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, and it's really important to have people in your life that you can look up to and that can help guide you through life's ups and downs. Um, so that's what I did. I sought after relationships uh, with women who kind of became the Naomi to my Ruth. Um, I had Hannah Dignan, who um, would never hold back. <laughs> she, Hannah loves me and she lifts me up, but she like just never... Uh, was shy to kick me in the face and tell me when I was being a hot mess. Um, but Hannah taught me to be unapologetically myself, exactly the way that God created me to be. Um, she also taught me that God's plan for my life is the best possible plan um, in the highs and the lows, but I just needed to be patient and faithful. 
Um, also have had the privilege over the last year to build a friendship with our very lovely first lady, Miss Phyllis. Um, <laughs> I have a lot of transitions going on in my life right now, honestly. Um, like I said, I graduated. I started my career. I'm a social worker for kids, y'all. It's not very easy <laughs> to do. Um, I'm, like I said, transitioning into the young professionals. I'm in that stage of life where friends are getting married. There's just a lot of things coming up in my life soon um, that are different and changes. Um, and I'm still horrified of transitions, honestly. Um, and Ms. Phyllis has been like super instrumental in helping train me up and support me through all of the changes that I just mentioned. Um, she's always kept me steady and it constantly reminded me that my relationship is with God is the one thing that's gonna be constant no matter what. Um, she has helped me learn to trust in God through the ups and downs and to stand firm in him first and foremost because God isn't gonna change. So these women and many others too have helped me grow in not being pushed back and forth through the ways of life. And a scripture that I've clung to is Hebrews 13. In verse six it says, so we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. So discipling and discipleship has helped me drop my walls and let people into my life who would speak the word of God into me um, and be examples for me so that I can go and imitate their faith. Um, and I can honestly stand here today and say that I'm not perfect. I'm still learning, but I truly believe that through all of life's transitions, Jesus really is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So that's how, what discipleship has meant for me in a nutshell. And now Daniel Bumpus is going to come and share. Thanks, guys. Um, so yeah, as mentioned, my name is Daniel. I'll be graduating in May from the U of I, uh, and I just wanted to share with you guys a time where uh, Josh kind of discipled me on, on a heart issue that I'd been struggling with. Uh, it was actually last fall, uh, beginning of the school year, around quad week. Things are kind of crazy. We're doing like a million things a day in the campus, and uh, I just I, I'd been super critical of how things have been run lately. I was criticizing Josh on uh, just how the kickball event was run that night, and I'd been critical about like the softball lineup the week before that. Um, and I'd even like criticized him about something that had happened a, a year earlier. Um, and, and Josh recognized this, uh, and, and I vividly remember, I don't even remember what I said exactly, but I vividly remember him just looking at me and going, you know what, you've been so critical lately. Um, and at first, like, my gut reaction was to want to push back against this because I was being prideful. I was thinking of myself more highly than I ought to, like Kenya read earlier in Romans. And, like, I wanted to justify myself. I wanted to say, well, well this is why I'm right in, in criticizing you in these areas. And um, I, I wasn't humble. I didn't have that sober mindset that it was talking about. Um, and when Josh noticed this, it wasn't during our regularly scheduled D group time once a week where we would meet me, him, and Derek for an hour and just talk about how life's going. It was while we were out living life. Like we were on campus playing kickball uh, and it had been related to softball and just other things where we'd experienced life together. And I think uh, in that, he showed the effectiveness of uh, like living life together in our discipling relationships because like 
for us to really be invested, like one to two hours a week isn't going to cut it. There's 168 hours in a week, and if you only see one to two of those, you're getting a fraction of a percent uh, in someone's life. And so Josh uh, really set the example uh, in that of how to like really be invested in someone. And there's a verse in Proverbs 13, verse 20 that I wanted to read. Uh, it says, walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. I think while this verse does highlight the importance of choosing which kind of friends you have, uh, wise ones, not foolish ones, I think it also highlights the importance in our relationships of just being close to one another, like simply being in proximity to one another, walking together physically. I don't think this is uh, a literal or a figurative thing only. I think there's, there's a literal element of like the people you walk around with, the people you talk to day to day, they're going to influence you. I've heard numerous times about like studies where like you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with or, or things like that where uh, there's just something inherent about who you spend your time with uh, that really influences uh, your character, influences how you live. And so for us in our discipling relationships, uh, that's so critical. Um, you need your, your discipling partners to be uh, involved in your life. Like, be uh, spades partners with them. Play pool with them. Play ping pong with them. Go watch movies with them. Eat a meal with them. Like, let your kids hang out with their kids. Like, you guys just go and live life together. And in that way, uh, you'll live out the, the ministry that, that Jesus set the example of. Because Jesus really showed us this in how he lived. He would uh, frequently... Uh, give teaching, and, and the verse would begin with, like, as they went along, Jesus said, and, and so Jesus is just walking with them, and he's teaching them as they're going throughout life, as they're doing things, uh, and I think for us, this is uh, an area that is so crucial in our discipleship. Uh, whether they're 20 years older than you or 20 years younger than you, like, that, that's an uncommon relationship to have a best friend who was born two decades apart. Um, but if that's what your discipling relationship looks like, don't let that age gap be an excuse for not being great friends with one another. Like, be best friends with the people you're in a discipling relationship with. Try to get to know them. Try to build that relationship. Uh, and in that way, you, you'll really flourish uh, in that relationship. So I want to thank Josh for, like, leading the example on that and really showing me uh, the importance of living life uh, with one another. And I encourage you guys all to do that as well and, and really operate how the church was designed to. Uh, so now Stanley and Jazz are going to come up and share a little bit about uh, their relationship and discipling in that area. Thank you, Daniel. Uh, as Daniel said, my name is Stanley, and yes. this is Jasmine, and uh, we're going to take some time just this morning to talk a little bit about our uh, discipleship, discipleship relationship with uh, Tracy and Deshaun, um, the Williams, who are seated in the back there, as you can see. Um, but um, just to give you guys a little context, uh, go ahead and turn your um, Bibles to Romans 10, or Romans 12, sorry. We're going to be in verse 10, um, and we'll come back to that. But Jasmine and I, uh, we've been dating for six months now, um, started dating in... <laughs> Started dating in September, um, but um, this relationship, as you see today, uh, for, those of you, of, uh, for those of you who know us, would not be the same if it wasn't for the Williams. Um, and just to kind of give you guys a, a little more context, so very early in our relationship, about two months in, um, we hit a little bump. Um, it was actually, it wasn't little, it was actually a pretty significant bump. But uh, <laughs> I mean, I was, I was at the center of the fault there. Um, there was a lot of miscommunication that happened. Um, Jazz and I, you know, we found out very early that we were very different in communication. You know, she talks about everything to everyone, 
and I shared the bare minimum to anybody at that. Um, but um, so we were discussing about our plans after campus because you know we were looking to graduate here soon. Uh, she's graduated. I graduated in May of this year. Um, but I decided to you know let me just stick around. We had this meeting where it was a split, split Devo. Uh, Tracy and Phyllis came to talk about you know the transition from TO pros and life after campus. Um, with Jazz and I had discussed we were going to go to that together. Uh, <laughs> but I decided to go to campus instead. And that was very significant because I was very selfish in making that decision. Um, I was only thinking about myself. I didn't think about how Jazz felt about it. I didn't think about how the Williams felt about it because you know this is also a conversation we had with them. But um, uh, part of the reason why I decided to go to campus is because I just wanted to make up for lost time. And, then, and that was just like a self, selfish interest. It was my own, my own decision. Um, but moving forward, I understood that that mis miscommunication was not something that was going to work in our relationship. Um, and so Tracy and Deshaun, being the great people they are, they, we called them up like 12 p.m. I know it seems like I'm always <laughs> up super late, but we called them at 12, sorry, 12 a.m. Um, and we met with them for an hour. You know, these, these guys, you know, they work in the morning. They've got kids. They've had a long day. But they said, you know what, guys, come over. Let's talk about this. You know, don't go to bed uh, feeling some type of way. But um, we talked, and I remember Deshaun asked me this question right off the bat was, you know, what are your intentions for this relationship? And I feel like he's constantly asked me that, Tracy as well, and I'm just like, come on, Deshaun, you already know the answer. But um, it was very important for him to, <laughs> it was very important for him to, to ask me that question because that decision that I did make that day that um, kind of just drove a wedge between us um, was something that contradicted the commitment that I told him about, that I told Jazz about, and Tracy as well. Um, but... Deshaun has been somebody who, on my, my own personal life, you know, even before we started dating, uh, somebody who's been invested in my life. I remember um, meeting with him last summer. It was the first time I met him, at least face-to-face -face in the summer. Um, and we met at, I forget what this park is over here, it's called. But um, we met, and he told me um, this one line that I, I remember every day when I wake up, you know, whenever I'm struggling, it's, um, you know, do what you got to do and then keep it moving. Sorry, get it done, keep it moving is what he said. And um, when it comes to our relationship, that's something that I, I remember talking about with him um, when I miscommunicated my, my decision that night. And he told me, like, you know, you, you can't be just thinking about yourself and how um, the decisions you make are just going to affect you. You know, we're in this together, me and Jazz. And so he told me to really think about that. Um, but also on an individual level, just whenever I don't feel like going to class or going to school, um, or going to work, getting up in the morning, even coming out to ministry events, he's, on, he's like, you know what you need to do, do it and, and keep going. Um, and real quick, going to Romans 12, I'm going to go ahead and read that for you guys. Uh, it says, <clears throat> excuse me, be devoted to one another in love, honor one another above yourselves, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor and serving the Lord. Sorry. Um, so like I said, before even Jazz and I started dating, Deshaun was very devoted in my life. Um, and that's kind of been the foundation of not just our relationship and um, having them being our disciples. Um, it's been something that's just helped me be better as a disciple and as a man. Um, and seeing how he leads his family, seeing how he serves in the church, and how he calls me, you know, uh, just to continue to get that much better every day. Uh, the other day he sent me a text and it was one of those mornings where I just did not feel like doing anything. And I looked at the text, I was like, thank you, Deshaun, I needed that. And, and it got me throughout the day. Um, but I'm extremely grateful for our relationship, um, Deshaun and I, Tracy and I. Um, they've been extremely helpful uh, in keeping our relationship grow. And I'm very thankful for that. And now Jazz 
is going to share a bit of what she has to say about tracing. Okay, so going back to that late night conversation, um, it was so crazy because Tracy was just like, just come over here. We, we should, we should, we'll get it figured out. Um, Stanley got the brutal, brutal end of that conversation. Um, and I was sitting there like, yeah, mm-hmm, you lacking, you doing this, you doing that. Yeah, what Deshaun said, what Deshaun said. I said that, I said that already. Mm -hmm. See, I told you I was right. So I was just sitting there. It was really awkward because I wasn't talking, but I was, in my head I was like, yeah, 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 get up, get up, get up. But then that moment came, that pivotal, that very pivotal moment came where Tracy like just turned to me and she was like, she held my mirror up. And she was just like, so how could you have been more respectful in that moment? And in my head, I was like, girl, we supposed to be talking about him, not me. He messed up. I didn't mess up. I said everything I needed to say. I communicate what I need to communicate. But then, like, on the outside, I was trying to be, like, all spiritual. I'm like, oh, you know, yeah. Trying to, like, look and reflect and be like, hmm, what should I have done? No one in my head, I did not. Mm -mm, I did not want to do none of that. But in that moment, it really showed, like, they really just showed us that two individual people come together in a relationship to glorify God. Um, and with dating, like the whole purpose of dating and like Stanley talked about his intentions, like the goal, the end goal is to get married, right? And I know at least for me, like I'm not trying to waste my time, don't waste my time. Because um, <laughs> I'm not just dating this man like just to have fun, you know? But in order to get to that end goal, like we have to successfully make it there, which means Stanley has to successfully meet there, and I have to successfully meet there separately. So if you guys can turn to Proverbs 12, starting and just in verse doo -doo -doo -doo, 4. Um, it states, it's about marriage, I know it's about marriage. And it states like the characters of a noble wife and what they're like in marriage, saying, a wife of noble character is her husband's crown, but a disgraceful wife is like the decay in his bones. That is a drastic difference, drastic. And I know like in that moment, like if Stanley and I were married in that moment, I would not be nowhere, I wouldn't be his crown, tiara, headband, none of that, like I wouldn't be any of it. <laughs> um, I would definitely be the decaying, cancer, even bone loss um, of him. And if you ever look at Tracy and Deshaun's relationship, she is his crown. Even when they're lacking, she is still his crown. She's such a wife of noble character, and I want to be like her in my own way. Because I know I can't be Tracy. She's great, but I'm still jazzed. And, yeah, like, although, that, although we're not married, like, I still, I can't be the decaying to his bones because we communicate and we do things together to glorify God. And if I'm being nasty, like that's gonna affect us drastically. The way that we go to ministry events, the way that we reach out to people. Cause like we can't be reaching out to people and being like, oh, like we're in this righteous relationship when I'm being disrespectful as heck and not being submissive, which is really hard. Um, and they're just so, like I can't even explain how great our relationship is with Deshaun and Tracy, just with watching movies mm -hmm. and literally getting discipled that way by watching Narnia, <laughs> that's based on the Bible, or just going and sitting and playing with Skylar or playing with Austin and having dinner. Um, the times are endless and they're just so natural. And I just really value them. We really value them. And we can't wait to see what they're gonna do with us for the next chapter of our lives. And now Monica, 
is going to close us out with her discipleship experience. I'm a little bit taller than Jez, so I'm gonna, sorry. Um, hi, I'm Monica Merkel, son, son, daughter of Rick and Don Merkel. Um, I grew up in the Champagne Church of Christ. Like, I literally, if I don't know your name, I know your face, and, um, and I'm always happy to see everybody here. Um, but a little bit about me. Um, I struggle with listening, boundaries, and my own mental health. Um, but church, have you ever been in a discipling relationship where you never thought your partner would ever learn from their mistakes? Yeah, yeah. Um, you, see, you would see them fail and fall and come crying to you like you were the only person there to help them and fix their problems. That they would just treat you as this, this um, baggage carrier, like a mule. I personally have never been someone to carry someone else's baggage. Um, I've been that, that little owlet that can't fly on its own and goes to a wise sage to try and learn how to fly. Um, but two sa three sages that have been in my life have been the Millers, Dave and Lisa Miller, um, and my great friend, Shelly Schmidt. Um, these three people have been so influential in my life to help me learn about my own well-being, um, dealing with anxiety and depression, and um, factor, how that factors into my spiritual health with God. Granted, um, don't get me wrong, there have been many people in my life who have tried their best to hammer in that I need to take care of myself and that um, I need to keep my head on my shoulders and that my life patterns were so skewed and I was hurting myself over and over and over again. But I just didn't listen. Um, and we're going to get into a little bit of why that is. Um, in the, you can turn to John 1, verse, uh, chapter 4, verse 14, and then also we're going to see Matthew um, 5, um, 14 through 16. But a little bit about the Merkel family. Um, we are a very loving and nurturing family. Um, we desire to help those in need and offer to fix their problems. Our desire is to love others, and, come, and it comes from these passages. In John 1, dear friends, since our God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Matthew 5, you are the light of the world. A town built on the hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl, but instead put it on a stand and give it light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they see your good deeds and glorify the Father in heaven. These verses meant a lot to me when I first was baptized um, because I wanted to be that light for everyone. I loved my friends so deeply, and I just wanted to see them get saved. And this put me up into many, many toxic relationships because... I just let my guard down and my barriers down because I wanted to help them so much because I love them and I wanted to see them succeed. Okay, sorry. I can't see now. Um, um, from this burden, I learned a great lesson on my boundaries. I struggle 
a struggle that I'm now starting to truly understand um, through the discipleship of the Millers and, and Shelley. My application of these scriptures had gotten me into so much trouble, and I came home every day, and I was so anxious to, oh, how, how am I going to help them? How, how, how did I make them feel today? Did I, did, I solid, did I make a solid relationship with them today? Are they going to come out to um, my, my church events? Will they um, understand like, why this is important to me? And from that, I learned that the world does not love like God loves. And that's the biggest lesson that I learned. And my, my disciples kept telling me and telling me and telling me. They're like, Monica, you got to understand. Like, you got to protect yourself. If you want to turn to Matthew 7, 6. Um, this was a scripture my sister actually tried to throw at me when we were in a fight about my boundaries. <laughs> um, and I didn't understand its importance at the time. But it's honestly, like, it's really cutthroat. Um, do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Um, another one as well is Luke 21, verse 34. Be careful with your hearts, or you will be weighed down with your caressing and drunkenness and the anxieties of life. And that day will close on you suddenly like a trap. I know I felt trapped in my boundaryless heart. Um, I just felt like I had to take care of everyone. And in turn, I wasn't taking care of myself. So I'm going to do a little plug on spiritual discovery um, because Dave and Lisa are like well-versed in that. And that's when I lived with them for the past two summers when I was doing internships, it was like constant, like telling me, like, oh, you need to, like, lay your burdens down, lay your burdens down. I'm like, I'm trying. Like, <laughs> I can't. And, um, but this book has done wonders for our, my emotional awareness and helped me take the necessary strides to stop and think about how I was feeling, to identify Satan's lies that he was telling me, and to pull myself up and bring my burdens to God. Um, Dave and Lisa and Shelly also prayed for me every day. They would send me scriptures and just pray, bless them for their patience, um, for me coming to them and crying and saying, oh, my friends hate me, and, um, and I just have no friends, and because that wasn't it. And their friendship with me has really um, helped me overcome my anxieties and my depression. Um, my last verse here is, 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. Um, so fix your eyes on what is not seen, but what is unseen, since, we, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. For our light and momentarily troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed each day and day. So, God, church, I just want to uplift you in um, the fact that God renews us each day, and our discipleship helps build one another up and helps us remind us why God loves us and that we need to take care of ourselves. Um, build boundaries that um, keep you safe and um, that just love one another. Thanks. <laughs>